This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What is going on, everyone? It's your boy, Flobo Voice, and this is, I guess, the engine room of the USS Po Show. This is Commander's Log, your one-stop shop unofficially for Star Trek Discovery news and notes. But as always, I'm not alone. I'm just the first officer. Every post-show ship needs a captain. Please welcome from Star Base 80, Captain John Weber. Yeah, baby! Oh, down there in the bowels of the SS Post Show. Yeah. How, how's, it smelling? how's it smelling down there, Florida? Damp. Incredibly damp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually visiting family in the East Coast. It's a it's a very dark 7 p.m. here. Uh, and it's kind of a trippy thing because I usually watch Star Trek when daylight's out. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're feeling like a real Californian out there, huh? I know. My blood is so thin. It, can you believe it's, it's cold for months on end? That's how they do it here? <laughs> My word. I got friends uh, up in, I think it's Western Mass. They got snow. Are you guys any precipitation? So not in New York now, but I went to go visit some friends in like uh, Central Jersey last night, and there was mm. ice and frost in the car. So we went out for a oh. dinner party, came out, had to de-ice the car before I left. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, my. I missed this. Not. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> hey man, uh, you know we're we're normally California guys, so this is kind of exciting. Uh, we did get rain out here uh, on on the West Coast here, and uh, it was kind of nice. It's long gone. Sun's come out, dried yeah. everything up, but yeah. uh, you know how it is. I'm an old old man. <laughs> Talking weather actually excites me. Oh, it's going to be a hot one. Am I right? No. Uh, <laughs> Woo! J- John Weber from the Weber Internet Thingy. Oh, what's up, Stress Free K? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey. Yeah. Uh, and thing, your your sister show, Starbase 80. We go through classic Trek every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Pacific. How's that going for you so far? Oh, so much fun. Oh, my God. I love this show. We are, you know, I love it so much. I'm actually planning out 2022 so that we will be doing episodes uh, that will take you up to the beginning, uh, the debut of season two of Picard. And then as soon as we've got that going on, we'll take you up to the season premiere, uh, the series premiere of Strange New Worlds. Every time we get a little indication of something that's going to show up uh, in one of these two series, we will be watching shows that will set you up for that. So we're going to see some episodes with Q. We're going to see some DS9. Ooh. We're going to see so much, so much classic Star Trek, yeah. especially to get us ready for Captain Pike and his crew. I'm so excited about Starbase 80, but really most excited about Commander's Log right yeah. here today. Let's get what going. An episode. What yeah, an episode. What an episode. Uh, season four, episode four, all is possible it's like one of those motivational posters you see in your gym class as a kid. <laughs> Whatever, bro. Uh, a K tab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep on K-tab hanging. There, hanging out. Hang in there, baby. <laughs> so, overall thoughts of the episode. We're four episodes in season four. What do you think yeah. of the rhythm? Do you like it? You're not liking it? You kind of miss Linus? What's the deal? It's really interesting. And we did get, I think, a member of Linus's uh, species, I think, yeah. uh, shows up in this. It's not Linus. Um, but, uh, you know, this was an interesting episode because again, this is two in a row for me where it's not all positive. Right. Oh, go on. There are issues. I had issues. (laughs) Breaking news. Dot has issues. Tell a friend. Oh, oh. (laughs) And, and this is, this is rare because I love this show. I'm usually blanket. Like, I just love this show. Yeah. Um, but Discovery is doing a lot of different stuff. And that's interesting, too. Like, even the stuff I have issues with, I still find incredibly interesting. Yeah. So, uh, actually, dealer's choice. You want to start with the negatives first or the positives first? 
Um, well, let's start with positives. Let's okay. start with positives. Here's something I, I really I really love then. His was the political intrigue. And it kind of goes yeah. lockstep with a recent episode of Starbase 80 here. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of a priest peace treaty happening uh between the homies of Navarre and that dope new Starfleet Federation life. You know what I'm saying? And uh poor poor Admiral Rance had a we thought allegedly an intestinal, which I had to look up. It's kind of gross how this thing is just <laughs> in your stomach. Um, I liked it because it was political stuff and a little bit of a mystery. John, walk me through this. What do you think about this particular storyline, this episode? If you want to know about politics oh, in 2021, and who does? <laughs> who does? <laughs> Say no more, bro. Yes. <laughs> I mean, don't we get enough? But <laughs> there's too little politics everywhere these days. But it's really interesting how they break it down in this episode uh, in a way that you can kind of understand where everything is right now. And that yep. is, there are seemingly two sides, but within each side, there are forces that will pull that side apart if our leader does not do what they say. Right. So what we've got with Navarre, and I believe it's like the old school Vulcans. If I remember this it's correctly, the, the unified Vulcan Romulan state. Yeah, yeah, like all together, they are uh, the unified uh, descendants of Vulcans and Romulans. Um, uh, skipping ahead for one line, Michael Burnham actually says at one point, "Like you guys got so far apart, you forgot you were the same species." Dude, boom! <laughs> Dropping that mic. Dropping you people it. are like, no, I'm just kidding. Bam. <laughs> This you know, people, they all this, know that. This Riemann at the front table knows what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I, you know, it's it's uh, so so. You've got this faction within the faction that's kind of pulling them in a direction. That's kind of a spoiler there, um, but it also is reflected on the Federation side that there are forces within the Federation that are like, no, 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 can't make a deal. Because it'll make us look weak and we can't we can't go in that direction. We have to defeat our, you know, we have to defeat these other people. Yeah. And um, this winner-take-all attitude is going to ruin everything. Well, that, before we get to that in a second, before we get to, the idea, I was expecting a different kind of episode of, of, of having Admiral Vance not even involved in having Michael Burnham and Saru show up. And I thought, oh, there's going to be a situation where it's going to be a big bicker scene and then Michael Burnham will stand up and be like, Guys, let's all work together. But when the first standing up happens in the first act, I'm like, go on, show. You subverting a trope? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did they do that several times in this episode, subverting yeah. tropes. Yeah. And, and and that blew me away. I was so pleased by that. So that's another big positive in the positive column. Uh skipping over to uh Tilly. Uh uh Tilly's storyline. Um, at first it's, it's very tropey. So she's still trying to find herself, still not comfortable being who she is, when she is, what she is. Um, this is all kind of understandable. Yeah. Um, you know, people go through this and, uh, and so Tilly is requested to go to Starfleet headquarters where she talks with Kovich get that right well to get a little stuff in there like she's going to therapy and colbert's like you know what you do there's this guy looking for things i put you in there basically with <laughs> and, and she was like you think i should do it and he goes go find yourself girlfriend and she does <laughs> you're like hey there psychiatrist why are you giving me work should be my question but tell you it's all about that life you know you know what i'm down for this adventure hey even later in the episode colbert says look i'm not an actual counselor so yeah. i can break all kinds of rules <laughs> Which is not assuring at all. Because he has like two clients, right? Hit Artillion Book being like, I'm a quack. <laughs> no, like, it's crazy. No, no, it's like he's like the life coach of space. Oh, dude, that's an aspirational thing, man. When I mean, I up, a space life coach. is there anybody better, too? Yeah. I mean, Culber is just one of these. Oh, we, we see some extra layers in him, too. Like he's yeah. he's like his deal. There's a yeah. deal there. There's 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 something that he needs to work on too. Right. And he admits to that, which is great. That's very human and very kind and very giving to do that. But it's also a little foreboding, which oh, I love. You know what? 
I love actually we'll put a pin on, on the summit storyline for just a second. Let's talk about Tilly a little bit. Uh, sure. because last week on this very show, uh, you talked about Tilly and you were a fan of Tilly since day one. Sylvia Tilly, Ensign doing the commander's program. But you had a little bit of an inkling, you had a little bit of a spark, a little bit of a, a feeling of bottom in your stomach. Go, I don't feel too sure. I feel like some lines have been shifted to a deer and other characters. I don't think Tilly is stable, and well. What do you think, John? Were you right the entire time? <laughs> I was so right. I was yes, so 100% right. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Me and a broken clock twice a day. Two times, baby. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's weird. It's really weird they set this up. I like Adira no matter what. Like, any flavor of Adira, Adira we get, I I'm happy with. Okay. And... So, but they've made her the like happy, smiley, bubbling, babbling, very funny character, yep. and I love. You don't sound like you're impressed. He's well, very mean, funny. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, the, the you know, look, I I am a I'm an older person, so yes, some somebody who is the age of what's the actress's his name it's blue cantrell i think yeah. um and as somebody who is adira's age um always scares me because oh you know the criticism the like mm. uh you know, my lawn the, the ability the ability to cut me with the criticism okay i guess you're really cool or whatever right, right. okay boomer yeah <laughs> exactly that's like, it. i'm generation that's... x Ah! <laughs> hey man we made led zeppelin famous stop making fun of us right 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 you wouldn't have Jimi hendrix if it wasn't for us <laughs> um yeah i mean uh I, th there is this uh feeling that if we have adira then who why do we need tilly and that's a tv show thing that's not even like a tilly thing so right. the fact that she's going through this i've been very uncomfortable with it because yeah. i've i've been worried the whole time like where you where you taking my tilly <laughs> where, where you taking my sweet redheaded little little funny girl where you taking her she's she's my girl where are you taking her she's my girl <laughs> and, and you're replacing her with self-conscious teenager I I didn't order that. Make a sonic teenage warhead. Yeah, why not? I, I, good call. Good call. <laughs> Make a sonic man. Good call. Wow. So we'll we'll get to the end of that storyline real quick. But but the idea of Tilly being in this uh, simulated captain's chair because she was always in the path of being captain. Granted, it was a training exercise with cadets. You got a little bit of a slice of that. I mean, that must have been pretty cool to see a little bit of a small swan song in the bigger scheme of things. We do hear. Uh, reference to her lieutenant pips and that makes a lot of sense i mean based on whatever any of us know about the military i we we might have actual military in the audience if so awesome thank you for joining us thank you for your service uh and thank you for being part of something really big that uh serves everyone that's uh yeah. that's star trek that's very star trek um, what i what i loved about this was a lieutenant would be given this mission Right. So this new title that she has now in the future and that she's now a lieutenant, it totally makes sense that she would be running a very non-lethal, very typical kind of training exercise. And uh, we have been teased already. Uh, was it two episodes ago? Was it the first episode of the season when we um, it's basically the launch of Starfleet Academy? Right, yeah, you know, or maybe not the exact launch. Uh, reboot. But we meet, yeah, the, the reboot. We, we meet Starfleet Academy and and the class uh, that they are putting together, and it's very exciting. So um, I'm I was very happy that that happened, and then she meets with Kovic, and you know me, I just love Canadian science fiction so much. <laughs> you mean like Stargate, like, like that Canadian stuff? I love it stargate <laughs> uh it, it's uh, it's it's all good it's all good i'm a big sci factor tales of the paranormal uh fan you know i go way back with it. I get it man all the stargates uh still gotta check out the lost girl i hear very good things about the lost girl okay um but but here's the here's the thing that's really interesting um mm -hmm. as soon as they bring david cronenberg in 
who is like Canada's master of horror. He's uh, he's just like such a great filmmaker, such a great storyteller. Uh, and he's playing Kovic, who is like this. Um, now, when we first met him, I thought he was like this intelligence kind of guy. I actually thought he was Section 31 kind of a dude. Yeah, I mean, he still kind of be. This is not saying he's a good guy. He's just a guy who consults. Right. <laughs> right. We do. I, I help things get done. Exactly. Oh, Ray Donovan in space. That's cool. <laughs> I'm just I'm just here to ask questions. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, I wasn't sure what was going on. And I have in my notes, I'm so proud to say, I went, oh, I figured out the B story here. Ooh, figured tell it me. out. Figured tell me the B story. Figure it out. Tell me. This is actually a test for Tilly to see if she's good at command. Everything about this is a hologram. Whoa, 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 whoa. Had it all figured out. It, it can't be a hologram. How Past do you, tense. How do you Had find... It. Yeah, but I'm just saying, how do you find... It, I like the idea of a hologram, but COVID doing it seems like a big elaborate thing. If that would be the case, he'd be like, you know what? I just want to ask you questions and then break you down and call it a day. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a lot possible. Time. It's yeah. possible. But yeah. everything, every indication to me... Right. Up to a certain point, Right. Was, well, clearly the the intelligence guy, the creepy, you know, David Cronenberg guy is putting her through some stuff. And then the moment that theory broke was when one of the kids in Tilly's group goes, is this just a hologram? And she goes, no. (laughs) And that's when I'm sitting on my couch with my pencil and my notes going. All right. Well, that theory doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Asking real. questions, we're all thinking. No, <laughs> <laughs> but that made it even better because, again, as you pointed out before, they're breaking some tropes here. Right. That Which made this episode an, so cool. Yeah, would have been an incredibly easy way to go, and and it was very exciting that they they actually went. No, no, no. This is real. Surprise, so now, what do you think? Uh, Stress Free K says, uh, I thought there was all a setup too until Tilly actually looked into the camera and says, <laughs> Nope, this <laughs> is for real. I mean, the only way that could have been better is if she ended it with John. <laughs> I mean, wow. that's how it was for me. Like, I was literally done writing it when she went, <laughs> No. And as, as K points out, looking right in the camera, this is real. Deal with it. Now what? And then I was like, oh, well, I have no idea what's going to happen next. You tell me. Total and, sidebar situation. How do you feel about Adira being with Tilly in this mission? Um, again, this is the... Go ahead. Speak your a... truth, brother. You, you know what it is? And I, I'm, I'm really happy with the direction that they're taking because it smells of Frasier and Niles Crane. Um, that's not a reference you hear every day. <laughs> Frazier Crane that we knew from Cheers is this very erudite, snooty, effeminate, persnickety, um, you know, not very masculine, not very impactful character. And compared to everybody else on Cheers, that's a unique character and is very interesting. Uh, when they put him on his own show, they give him the, his brother Niles, who's more. Right. He's more of that than he is. So now Frazier's normal because Niles is more persnickety and more effeminate and more, you know, yeah. can't handle stuff. Right. So, so my problem with Tilly was, well, Tilly is kooky. Tilly is wacky. And I appreciate that because Mary Wiseman does it so beautifully still still makes it very serious and and a lot of heart to it and i i love what mary wiseman does but i don't love what blue cantrell does so for her to be the niles i don't like that at all i don't like the two of them together i'm glad they get along it makes sense they would yeah but you know they're they're both occupying the space that i think only one character should occupy you're breaking my heart, John. But let me ask you this. If if you had the power of the pen and there was a way to make Blue Cantrell dearest character in a way that will make sense in that dynamic and still yeah. not tick you off, what would you do? 
Oh, that's a very good question. I should be I a host. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> hey, Starbase Andy may be looking for a, a new host here. Uh, um, you know, that's a very good question. Uh, what would I have her do? I think... I, I, I know a lot of people don't see this as a strength, but I do, which is okay. she is our Wesley. Ooh. She's our Wesley Crusher. And I like having a Wesley Crusher. I, mm -hmm. I think having somebody who asks the questions, who needs to know, um, who pushes the investigations, who, who finds things that don't make sense, and who is uniquely talented. And these are all things that describe Adira. So again, I like her as a character. I think Blue, I think Blue needs more to do, honestly, as Fair. this character. Fair. And and they may have set themselves up for that finally in this episode. So I'm very excited about that. But yeah, um, I thought it was cool that she's an ensign now. So she's an officer, even the lo the lowest officer. Uh, and that she's got to answer to a lieutenant who is Tilly. And that's, I love how Tilly handles her leadership as well. She just does it her way where mm -hmm. she's super positive and she's super like, you know, yeah. nursery, nursery school teacher about it. Right. Um, I just love that. Um, I love that the kids aren't getting along. Um, and I, I have to throw this in, speaking of Canadians. Oh, uh, what? Speaking of Canadians, what? <laughs> speaking of Canadians, this reminded me so much of a MacGyver episode that I saw. Oh, wow. That's, that's ultra-Canadian. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, Richard Dean Anderson. I could never figure out, sidebar, I could never figure out why my grandfather loved MacGyver. He didn't love fictional tv at all he liked sports he liked news that was it why did he like macgyver well like jerry seinfeld said everyone's actually in their own brain, in their own head <laughs> well that's true that is very true but my grandfather came from canada oh and so my to house, him right? yeah uh, uh, newfoundland, newfoundland st john's yeah st john's newfoundland he he'd go to halifax all the time he his brothers in halifax um, but he's a, yeah, he's a coastal, uh, Canadian. And one of those guys who had stories about before Newfoundland was part of Canada, back when Newfoundland was its own country. Right. I remember that. Uh, and, uh, anyway, um, not like that old person. Remember that. I remember reading about it. I wasn't that old. Okay. It's, uh, well, and I've probably told you the story. So I tell that story a million <laughs> times, but, uh, very, very proud of the Canadian heritage, the Weber men. Um, anyway, to get back to Star Trek Discovery, which is like 900 years in the future. It's like Wolverine, Ryan Reynolds? What, what's going on? Okay, <laughs> but, but, oh, the episode of MacGyver was about how um, he was somehow on this plane with a bunch of, like, reform school kids, and the plane crashes, and he has to get them into a unit. He has to get them into a team. And uh, they absolutely do not want to be a team and they don't want to work together to survive. And uh, it's, a, it's the same thing. Therefore, I sit here and go, well, I've seen this. Oh, yeah. So this is my problem with this. It's, it's like I understand that one team building and icebreakers suck. I don't care what planet <laughs> or dimension or year you're in. Um, and I understand it's supposed to be the whole idea of like, there's there's bigger threats like uh, being on Kokatos, the L-class moon, and having the slug spider things. But yeah. to me, it, it was almost over the top. They're like, I'm with that person. <laughs> this person's <laughs> awful. It's like right. a, a right. modicum of professionalism. You have a uniform jeepers. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a good point. That's a very good point. And, uh, you know, in the conflict they bring up, they really have to expand on, which they do. And explain that um, the the one guy oh, I can't remember the warrior dude yeah. uh, with their tusks um, that his family were victims of the Emerald Chain, and one of the kids is an Orion, mm -hmm. and uh, Orions are typically seen as all the pirates and the bad guys, but not every one of them is. Uh, yeah. And it turns out that his family actually was one of the families that spoke out against the the bad Orions, the evil Orions, and suffered for it. And his father died as a political prisoner. We find that out. And and that becomes In very a really like, awkward anime kind of way where he kind of looks away. 
And so he <laughs> tells this whole backstory. And I was like, what? You give us his own character a chance to be like, my father did this? Like, that's a whole act of motion for, okay, sure. I want to say, John Weber is a descendant of Canadian and Belgian men. And it's just like, why do I get to say that? <laughs> what do that I get is, off saying that? <laughs> that is such an anime thing. He might as well have done it with his back to the camera and then turned around with tears streaming yeah, down. Leaves flying on the screen. I was like, oh, okay, it's true, but all right. <laughs> my father died a political prisoner. Right, right. <laughs> my my impression of a, a key moment in anime. Um, uh, you know, I I appreciate where the whole thing ended up, mostly because it was so simple. It was yeah. so simple. The ship crashes here. There's a ridge over here. They have to get from here to there. They die almost like three or four times just trying to get from here to there. Yeah. And one and, person actually does die. Uh, right. Right. Right off the bat. Right off the bat, we lose a kid. And that yeah. is, woof, that's, you lost a kid. Did you ever hear... I, I had heard this many times. The reason why they never did the Starfleet Academy idea, which everyone had said, oh, come on, take Rom off of DS9, put him into Starfleet Academy, uh, get some other kids together, and let's watch a Starfleet Academy series. And I, I wish I could remember which executive producer said it, but somebody said, we have no interest in putting children in danger every single week. <laughs> Oh, well, you're missing out. That's all CW is about. Uh, well, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point because there's a lot of people making money doing that. Stargirl. Uh, I mean, say no more. Oh, no, that's a very good uh, point. Stress-Free K says, I think that guy was a Rastafarian, tell you right, whose family was harassed by the Emerald Chain. Now they think that 9,000 years in the future, there's still Rastafarianism. I, you know, dope. I, I uh, well, I don't know his religion, but uh, tell right could be, could be, could be quite uh yes that could be right on the nose or the snout guy with the big nostrils getting it bam <laughs> oh man fantastic uh, <laughs> but um i i really appreciated i really appreciated that storyline i really appreciated uh because at first i was like why are they so hostile right off the bat oh because their people are you know at okay. full loggerheads. Well, in the interest of time, they, they do make it out here. And this happens actually in the episode. If you guys haven't seen it, I apologize. Uh, Kovic goes, hey, a kid died, but do you want a job to Tilly? And Tilly goes, yeah. So explain this to me. You're Tilly. Uh, you had one of the most traumatic experiences in your life, and you got this opportunity to leave the ship. And she does for a particular reason. Take it away, John. Um, you know what's interesting is uh, I, hope I, I hope I answer correctly. Um, Get away, John. <laughs> the, the the real reason for her to step up at this point is because she understands how much she's changed from where they were and that her goal had always been that she wanted to be a captain and she doesn't feel that way now. Yeah. And that uh, her main reason being this rough relationship she's always had with her mother, who, as it turns out, was a diplomat. I never knew that. Her mom was part of the diplomatic corps of Starfleet. And um, she wanted to join Starfleet. She wanted to be a captain. She didn't want to be diplomat. She wanted to be science, exploration, military. And uh, And the great line that she says near the end is, what good is this if my mom's not here to see it? Right. Because she wants I'm not, yeah, I'm not proving anything to anyone now. So right. once you take that away, yeah, yeah, that's a very good call, Kay. Yeah. Uh, stress for a case, that's those in the audio version. I think Tilly really felt in charge of the children and has more to offer them. And, and that, and that second part, I think, is the absolute key. Uh, because, she, who is she to anyone now? Is she just Tilly? Is she just like, you know, the, the redheaded funny girl? Or is she going to be there to provide? And the when she is talking with Kovic, Kovic says this beautiful little thing, which I totally buy. I totally buy where he says, when you when you guys came out of the past, none of us liked you or trusted you. And one of the main reasons was because you were so confident and happy and 
and you got to remember trauma. You can't ever forget trauma. And really, I think that might be this whole season's, you know me, every week I've got a new theory of what this season's theme is. It's all in the holodeck. <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, one of my themes was, style, man. <laughs> one of my themes was, well, like last week, it was like all the good fathering. There are yeah. so many good fathers uh, in last week's episode. In this week's episode, I feel like we've learned so much about trauma and how trauma changes people and how people didn't want to change, but the trauma that they didn't want came along and now it's moved everything. It's changed everything. We see that with book. We see that with everybody. And it's very meaningful that people are trying to find a way to move on. And Tilly is not working from trauma as, as much as she's working from a lack of trauma now. Oh, wow. She has a certain health to herself, which she doesn't appreciate right now, but but there's a certain comfort and a certain enthusiasm and a certain knowledge of what Starfleet is all about that she has that not a lot of people in Starfleet have right now. And Kovic like actually it. says this to her. I like it. And it, it totally makes sense. And, and she got her going away montage. I hope she does come back. But we've seen when people leave Discovery, they don't. So that's kind of hard to to watch that and see that. Uh, can I can I tell you what I read in the in the press? Tell me. Because I ran to the press. You've you've got to you've got to reassure me. Okay. Nerd press. Um, <laughs> Mary Wiseman has done uh Mary Wiseman has done interviews specifically about this episode. And she says Tilly is still a series regular, and you are going to see her again. Oh, great. That means there's probably a lawyer being like, it's okay. You can say this. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Because, I mean, I, not to say it happened suddenly, because there was an arc, but the, the montage by was like, it was like, no audio, peace out. <laughs> On a station. It was like, whoa, it was kind of quick. Dude, I was floored. My jaw was on my lap watching that because I couldn't believe they were just so thoroughly removing her from Discovery, the ship. And uh, so, yeah, I panicked big time. But it turns out she is probably, hey, Kirsten, uh, she is probably going to be in a lot of meanwhiles. Meanwhile, yeah. back at <laughs> HQ. <laughs> Talks like they're in the 40s radio announcer. Um, <laughs> but meanwhile, back at the summer. Plucky Tilly. So we, we got to go back to real quick for the interest of time because I, I really wanted your opinions about this. Uh, well, yeah. two questions. One, hey, we got a gong here. Isn't that cool? Uh, and, and two, <laughs> the, the very nature of, of, of Starfleet and, and, and Navarre trying to go through yes. and Michael Burnham to me was the best of swerves I had seen in a long time. And it wasn't big, but it gave me just a hint of mystery like, well, mm. is the Admiral really sick? Kind of a thing. Uh, the idea of doing this Knowing Michael Burnham could not stay quiet through, can't stay quiet, and putting them, weaponizing them for this issue. Uh, right. Thoughts about that? Um, wow, this one was such a stealth mission. I, it looked boring from the outset. Um, I believe they're told at the very beginning, they just want you to stand there and smile and look official. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and Michael Burnham's like, oh, yeah? I'll right. show you. Right. I got stuff to do. Yeah, um, it, it's really interesting too. How um, is it the Chancellor? Uh, who's who's the main lady for the Navarre? I got to take notes on this stuff. Uh, President Tarina. Uh, God, she's amazing. I love her. She's got I hate her wig. Yeah, her wig. Her wig is so distracting, but she's great. <laughs> That's it's it's a Klingon thing, man. Those the, the wigs are are really bad on. <laughs> <laughs> those, those page boys from space it's a lid yeah <laughs> those are some rough you know they're just hanging on a hat rack when they're leaving and they yes. <laughs> <laughs> um i loved her scenes with saru i love the very end where she's <laughs> i'm not doing it accurately but it's like i was thinking going meditating saru hmm? <laughs> i Saru's mean let's like, be real that kelpie and tea at the bar was kind of like <laughs> there's a meat cute there yeah there is some cute absolutely and 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 that's lovely to see frankly i love that um 
I want I want the Vulcans to be kind of different 900 years in the future. Um, and by the way, we learned that a lot has changed in those 900 years, including the fact that the president, oh my gosh, is a Cardassian. Flomo. Yeah, kind of a, a half-breed. Is, is, is that official? Like uh, mixed? Did you say mixed with alien races? Uh, she said your, um, your people uh, had a war against the Bajorans and humanity. That's a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Like, as someone who got to DS9 pretty late, I was like, you guys are making no effort to make Cardassian look any kind of cool to, like, season four. <laughs> the first two seasons, like, bah, 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 we're Cardassians. You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> it's rough. Well, I mean, the, the thing about the Cardassians is they were always headed down. They were, they you know, they're that, um, they're that culture that just can't maintain their top tier. And so they're always going to break down. They don't yeah. trust each other. They're always trying to kill each other. The leadership's always, you Sounds know, like hurting, us. hurting people down below. <laughs> they're <laughs> humans, man. <laughs> I, I, but I, that's always a great story to tell because the empire on top, uh, what ho, Britons, uh, the empire on top does fall. And, um, you know, January 6th last year, I think we may have gotten a sneak preview of how that could work in this country. The purge is real. I, I'm telling you, man, uh, things, things change in a very abrupt way. Life comes at you fast. So 900 years in the future, Bajor, Humanity, and the Cardassians have produced our president. And she is a form of Cardassian. Yeah, she's she's a, a descendant of Cardassia. I actually kind of like that a lot. Kind of dig that. But she doesn't seem very reptilian to me, so that's kind of strange. I mean, her, her patterns are flat, so I can see some of the, the softening of the features. Of, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's weird. Like, when we're talking about alien races, like, how am I alien racist? I have no idea. But it feels like the softening of the features of all her stuff. Please don't cancel me. She's not real. Um, here's the question I have, though, about the, the actual nature of the dispute. Of yeah. the quote-unquote exit clause if you had to pick one or the other if you were a janeway there john which oh. one seems fair is it is it okay to ask for immediate exit or is it okay to ask for conditional uh enrollment this was a really good conflict because you can see where they're both coming from the federation side says look if i give you an exit clause to just leave whenever no commitment then everyone's gonna want one that's true. Uh, and the way Starfleet is defined, I'm sorry, the Federation is defined right now is they can't have that. Pardon me. Really? They can't have that? They have a rebuilding can't. phase. You don't get the population back up. They've been doing LA Fitness before. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I get that. Like, if you've got a sports team, you don't want everybody f being free agent. Right. You've got to have commitments. You've got to have people, you know, buy in. Look, it's, it might take us 10 years to get this thing off the ground. I can't have you deciding you want to leave after one year. That puts me way back. So I understand the Federation feeling that way. They they need uh, cornerstones on which to build. And Navarre would be huge. Right. Uh, if you think about the remains of the Vulcan and remains of the Romulan empires, it's very it's very important that they be there uh so i get it and they do have a lot of power to say nah, we kind of want to rewrite the rules here uh so i understand that too but then there's the we there's stuff about we're gonna look weak we can't let them tell us what to do uh well we can't let you guys be the bosses of us well right. you have to well we don't want to and i i get that I get that. So they are at an impasse. It's real. I do see that. Answer the question, John. See you waffling. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> I I would, I hate to say, I, this is not an answer. I know this is not an answer. I would say what Burnham said, which is Aww. everybody gets an escape clause. Is is that not what you said? Did I did I read that wrong? I was a little tired, maybe. Well, I I think Michael Burnham right. did the thing that we all do politically and say, "I'll be the lobby group for both. <laughs> Come to me, bro, and I'll be the go between." And clearly, that was that was the plan too. Like the two main characters must have said, "Look, we got to have Burnham because she is the she is the person with a foot in both worlds." 
this also makes sense for the show because they do seem to want her and Rillick, the president of the Federation, to have an ongoing conflict relationship. Right. Which I understand. Right or But is is Burnham the right answer? I know for the purpose of discovery, yeah, she's the, oh she said how she could qualify for all these walks of life. But you want to bring a Starfleet captain of a singular ship that already has problems with insubordination and insurrection a thousand years ago is being given this giant account. I'm not saying Burnham can't do it, but how do you pitch that to investors or shareholders or what have you? <laughs> well, I mean, the interesting thing about Burnham is her her independence makes her attractive to the outsiders because they go, well, she's an independent. She She's a free agent. She has done a lot on her own uh, against the wishes. She does not obey yeah. uh, command, the, the top level command. So I, I want to think of myself, and it's so funny because we know so many people like this in our right. real life who are like, I don't belong to any political side. I'm an independent thinker. Well, Burnham is a true independent thinker <laughs> because she's had to make her own calls a lot. That's why there's a TV show about her. Yeah. Uh, she is, she's called a troublemaker, but only by the people who want order. And, and she understands to deal with chaos. You gotta, you gotta have a little chaos in you. Oh, that's right. Uh, just, a, just a little shout out to Geek Renaissance to sponsor today's episode. My favorite quote, quote of the week is from Saru, who goes, politics are not our place. That just sounds like it should be on a wall next to Spock or something. But Saru said it. <laughs> I love it. sit there and just do the needlepoint. Yeah, exactly. Because you're on my page, no politics allowed. Um, <laughs> But we're, we're, we're getting progress here. Navarre is a big get for this uh, reboot of a star fleet. Uh, but we still have some loose ends. And, and so what's your, your, your opinion on these loose ends? And, and um, the the nun, the question I talked about from last week, uh, yeah. being being put to isolation, being sent by Navarre, Burnham still wants a little bit more closure. I think that may be something that may end up being something that bites them all in the collective behinds as the season goes on. I hope you're right, because that would mean that this pays off. Um, mm -hmm. What I hope we're not seeing with this storyline, and frankly, with the Booker storyline, is I hope we're not seeing them go, look, we can't just settle this in one episode. We've got right. to kind of, it's going to take a few episodes, but then we're going to settle it. I, I think people don't want it settled. I, I think people like this this kind of stuff. I mean, look, I don't want Booker to be in torture forever, but he yeah. has to be. He lost his entire planet. And how did this week hit you, though? How did this week work for you? The him and the and Cold War working together. Um, I I like where it's going. I think it's interesting. Uh, I am looking for some kind of payoff that we're not seeing yet, because the only payoff I'm seeing for, so far is we've never known Culber to be a counselor, but he is. And he's a good one. The plot says so, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and and where's uh, Doctor Pollard? By the way, is she still does she have a job? Like, does she still work? I mean, you know, she must. Well, she's the chief medical officer, right? I think so. Yeah. So she's running the medical department, and Culber's like this very talented freelancer, which is hilarious because he's he's such a lovable character. He's such a valuable central character. But not in sense, uh, not in the sense of his job, right? <laughs> it's right. The sense of his relationship. <laughs> You're a jerk at work, but outside, cool guy. I gotta be with well, you. It's, it's like you know that nurse practitioner over there. Their story is interesting. Get the hell out of here, head surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor McCoy, no, but Straight. that really talented. You know, second year it. resident over there is awesome. Let's follow him. <laughs> And he is. I mean, honestly, he's one of my favorite actors on the show. One of my favorite characters. So um, I'm digging it. I dig that they're hinting that he's dealing with his own stuff. I, I think everybody on this ship, uh, without uh, other than Saru, uh, Saru, I think, has really found a place. Um, and that's very valuable. But I disagree. I think 
I actually oh, really? here's, my, here's my next question though. Oh, yeah, mo- moving sure along. Uh, we see an appearance of of Gray with a brand new mohawk. Huh? Sweet. Uh is down to meet new people. And here's someone who's not in Starfleet but gets to hang around on a ship. Uh, mm. what's Gray doing, bro? <laughs> Just aimlessly hanging out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of freaky, right? I, I remember making a big deal last season out of the fact that Booker is on the ship and like he basically parks his van in the driveway <laughs> and yeah. lives in it, you know? Yeah. And like step by step's ca- Cody, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so much like Cody. And um, so now, you know, the um partner uh of um our ensign, and she's just an ensign. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They do build the body, so they know that <laughs> they know that Gray's there. They right. know that Gray is is you know part of uh, part of the story, but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, is Gray part of the crew? It, it, I, I would I would say yes, and I, I don't want to sound insensitive, but I would say yes because someone would have to sign off or agree yeah. to do this. So I would assume he's property of Starfleet. He is a he, a boyfriend. I assume he's property of Starfleet. But yeah. it looks like it's totally used in a casual way. Is able to roam and meet people and do things as he pleases. So they are not part of Starfleet. So I'm a bit confused there. But yeah. I talk about characters who don't have purpose right now. It's great. Great needs something to do. That fact. is a yeah. That's a good call. And frankly, I would not be uh, disappointed if they d- decided that in, in one episode mm-hmm. uh, for Gray because Gray is very confident and outgoing. Yeah. And- you know, has all that um, he learned from having the previous hosts, even though he didn't have the symbiote for a long time. Um, but he still has, I, I think, memory uh, of all the memories. So, uh, you know what I don't want to see? Ooh, tell me what you don't want to see. I do not want to see Neelix. I don't see Neelix either. I don't I, know how that will work here. I, I, So I don't want to see Gray turn out to be like morale officer or something. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, there's got downtime. We got to start with the captain's log, and we said, hey, love, people are stressed out. We all get in downtime. No morale <laughs> officers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that actually was really cool. I'm glad everybody was like, enforced time off. <laughs> As the word out says, mandatory fun. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was that's very uh that's very Star Trek. Yeah. Like, no, you have to go play Sonic Darts. You have to. <laughs> right. Thanks, Starfleet. <laughs> go to the holodeck and put on your Daniel Boone cap. You have to. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, I mean, um, look, Gray is very likable. Uh Gray will fit in somewhere. And um, you know, uh, there there have been civilians in the past on these ships. I don't think it's unheard of. Right. 900 years in the future, I'm sure it's a lot more common. Because um, they don't have a lot of members of Starfleet now, do they? I, I don't think so. It's still rebuilding. But there's no actual number or anything like that. I, I, I think they mention in, like, episode two or maybe three that, like, you know, they they are trying to get enough people to be crews on their ships. Right. Right. And, and that's why um, in this episode, actually Kovic says, look, we've had a lot of our member planets send us people, but that doesn't mean that these people are automatically going to be good. You have to push them. You have to train them. So blue can be part of that. Uh, blue uh, gray can be part of that too. Different color, <laughs> different, color, different right. kid. Right. <laughs> And again, another actor I really love. So um, I, I certainly hope there's something valuable that they find for him to do. Yeah, I think so too. And they not only takes a back seat, even though it's referenced a couple of times, but I'm sure he'll be back just in time for us to be like, oh yeah, dang. But uh, I'm okay that? with the, um, this one's about DMA. This one's not, this one is, this one's yeah. not. I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm just saying for sure, you probably get something more next week about that particular I'm sure you're right. But I like the fact that with the stomach, took so many left turns. Cause I know on, on Starbase 80, our sister show, we had a summit episode uh, yeah. just recently, but seeing yeah. that turn on its head and have a bit of a mystery, like about the Admiral and his worm, what we're going to see it very clever way to write someone off to make sure you save that line of your budget for that actor. Um, so I'm so glad that happened. Uh, but yeah. as we wind this down, John, I know predictions a little bit. We think it's going to happen as we all head on to next week and the week after. So I think this Um Right. So, um, 
we had personal stories this time. Usually it goes personal and then sort of universal and then kind of personal. So I'm guessing, I haven't looked at anything about next week, but I'm guessing we get back to DMA, the Dark Matter Anomaly? Albatross? Anomaly? Anomaly, thank you. <laughs> Is that uh, a bird? What? <laughs> <laughs> it hangs around your neck like a curse. Oh, um, I get it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is it is the big bad of this season, and uh, I'm not in love with it. I don't love science. Um, I'm more <laughs> fiction. Ah, uh, I love it. Uh, I'm more a fantasy guy. And uh, so I do love all the characters and all the races and all the interactions. I love that stuff. So we got a lot of that in this one. We're going to get lots more character. That's just discovery. They give you a ton of character. Love it. Um, but yeah, I think we're getting back to the DMA next week. That's that's just a prediction. I could be very wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm all about that life, too. I actually like the science part of it. Or to say, when the science is involved, I think you look at things like, like new races or interactions from a little bit of a, a jaundiced step away look. That does it for mm -hmm. me as a guy who's a big Green Lantern fan. And it's weird doing the show without my Green Lantern in the background. Man. I'll be back next week in Los Angeles to have it there. <laughs> How are you recharging your ring? I don't know how I'm doing, man. I'm so thirsty. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but yes, every Thursday right here on YouTube is Commander's Log. Hang Hanging out with Captain John, who has been so great to let me ask all the dumb questions as I navigate Star Trek Discovery awesome. other parts of the Star Trek universe. Uh, John, is someone want to connect with you, man, and get your apple pie recipes? How'd it go about doing that? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Starbase 80. That's our page, Starbase 80. Of course, Flobo is my first officer on Starbase 80. So Hi, Captain. we'd love to see you, as uh, Flobo mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, Sundays. 2 p.m. on the East Coast, 11 a.m. on the West Coast. This week, we are doing Rejoined, one of the ah, one of the great episodes of Deep Space Nine, uh, directed, by the way, by Avery Brooks, the man Ooh. who plays Commander and Captain Benjamin Sisko. So uh, there's also a big, sweet girl kiss in it. Ooh, I don't know if that's your sort of thing, but I got to tell you, it's a good one. I mean, I love all kinds of sweet kisses, but girls sweet kisses? All right, why not? Uh, the Captain Brooks, uh, sorry, Captain Brooks, <laughs> Captain Cisco, uh, top three for me uh, behind uh, Michael Burnham and my first ever Star Trek captain I've ever saw, Lorca. Remember that guy? Oh, uh, Lorca. <laughs> love that guy. It's in his eyes, bro. A little uh, yeah. bit evil, but still. <laughs> a lot of bit evil. Uh, <laughs> log, available on this channel, YouTube, and also the audio version. Let me know what you think. And you can do help me out by becoming a member of our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Flobo Boys. Bonus shows, bonus content, more cool stuff, and a blog. But um, I don't know, John. Any last words before we get out of here? Um, yeah, uh, I guess those are my words. M -er um uh <laughs> can you believe I, I i was an improviser can you believe that i could say things really quickly uh we will see you next week <laughs> live long and prosper <laughs> live long and <laughs>